Um, hi, my name is Adam Robert Thomas. I'm a journalism major here at uh, Cal State Long Beach. And today we are doing a round table, well, perhaps not exactly a round table <laughs> discussion. This is really more of an angled I wouldn't know what trapezoidal shape this is at the radio station at 22 West Radio, but... Say about 20, 20 degrees, 30 degrees. 20 or 30 degree angled some shape. Some sort of a cute angle. Yeah. yeah a, well, it's acute oh. on that side. It's obtuse over yeah, here. Yeah, it's obtuse on the other side. You know. It's all a matter of perspective. It is all a matter... <laughs> you know what? That's what we're going to cut title this. It's all a matter of perspective. That's the radio show for today. And we're going to be interviewing and having a discussion with the heads and or representatives of three of the political clubs, I guess you would call them, or groups, organizations, student-run organizations here at CSULB. How about this? Well, I have everybody introduce each other um, themselves. Tell me about yourself. Tell everyone about yourself. Just tell us why you're pursuing a political activist or slash uh, community group here on co- here at CSULB. So mm-hmm. I'll just start from my left, move to the right. All right. Uh, my name is Connor Daholsky. I am the current president of the Cal State College Republicans, and uh, I'm pursuing the political realm on campus mostly to give conservatism a voice. Uh, you know. You see on Berkeley and stuff that while they are one of the biggest uh, college Republicans uh, chapters, they are put down a lot um, and kind of silenced on their campus. And I don't want that on uh, Cal State Long Beach. I'm David Ochoa. I'm the vice president of the College Democrats. And I'm really in this club to not only talk about politics with other people, but also to just find a place where, you know, young progressives and liberals can come together, talk about the issues that they care about, and get our message out there. You know, inclusion, making sure people have the full rights that they have, and just, you know, getting along with one another. Hi, say guys, I'm JL. Um, I'm current president of Young Americans for Liberty here on campus. Uh, We are a nonpartisan group, so we are neither Democrat nor Republican. Uh, We consider ourselves a pro-liberty group here on campus. and our purpose kind of rests in the middle of um, what the two uh, gentlemen just said, in the sense that we um, have students from both sides, really. We have some more democratic-leaning students who are very pro-Second Amendment, who are pro-free speech, um, that regard, and then also some students who identify as more right-wing, Republicans, conservatives, um, who are also in favor of those um, rights. So we really exist to create what we like to see uh, as a true dialogue. We did a marketplace of ideas earlier this semester, um, in which both clubs represented in some way or another. Um, and we just got to talk to the campus community about our ideas, and that's really our goal. Okay, cool. Um, and J- it's Espinoza, yes. JL Espinoza. Um, so what do you think right now is the most important political issue on campus right this second? I hate to kind of beat a dead horse, but I think um, free speech is still relevant uh, on campus. I think there's a huge um, disparity between student definitions all across campus in the campus community. You have groups who um, see hate speech as a synonym to free speech. You have students who see them as uh, distinct from one another. Um, And I've seen also the uh, campus um, community and the campus representatives, uh, even at the president level, trying to distinguish one from the other. Um, And I think until we get on the same level, there's still and will always be a discourse uh, as far as what the definition is and how that should play out on campus. Okay. David? I think that 
especially with everything that's going on in our country today and with the administration, immigration would probably be the biggest issue on campus right now with the DACA students, with just, you know, the president laying out new policies about immigration and, you know, people coming across the border. And I think that's hitting a lot of people directly. And because of that, I think for most students, that's probably the big issue right now for them. Okay. And Connor? Well, I do agree with uh, both. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit broader and just say uh, political um, discourse is a huge um, issue. You know, you get the people that as soon as you start talking politics, they want to shut it down. Or the, as soon as you start talking politics, people get angry on on either side, depending on where you are, you know. And that's not where we want to be on campus as a community even as uh, a world community, we don't want that. So that's a thing I think that even though we're on different sides of the political spectrum, we can both or we can all work on it mm-hmm. and work on that discourse and calmly discussing politics no matter where you are. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I think we have a oh, jail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to add to that. Uh, I was just talking to David before, and uh, we were actually talking about how, you know, there shouldn't be this huge. Um, polarization between people and it's okay to have disagreement and that's what we should have especially in a diverse country Mm -hmm. that we have but it's come to the point where it's so polarized that we don't want to come together we don't want to talk about the possibility of hey maybe we actually have a common goal here and our methodology is maybe different but we have a common goal Mm -hmm. Um, and because we've strayed from that and drawn closer to the far sides of both uh, political spectrums that's why there's so much division and craziness going on what does everyone think about asi specifically and is it is there any particular like do you think you're going anyone in in your group do you think might be running for ASI in the future uh, trying to add more of your voice to them do you think you need to is that something that's important to you or important to bring up do you think you're going to turn that into something going forward well um, the ASI student government, or I'm sorry, student body, I guess they hosted, um, I believe it was a free speech uh, teach-in or town hall or something of that sort. And I attended. It was um, hosted by ASI in conjunction with the Multicultural Affairs Center. And I went to kind of hear, you know, my fellow students that I don't usually get to talk to. And they spoke about free speech. And um, I gave my 10 cents respectfully. And I addressed concerns that I had. And um, I was surprised at how well it was received. I admit I did tread lightly, <laughs> um, but I wanted to be respectful. Um, and I was actually approached by one of the uh, ASI members, I'm not sure if it was a staff member or faculty member, but they said, hey, um, I like what you said. I think you represented and understand both sides. It's going on very well. You should consider you know, joining ASI, you know, Social Justice Equity Committee, which I would have never thought of. Um, and unfortunately, I'm doing a bit much now, so I, I uh, respectfully declined that. But um, I think that goes to show that there is a need and a desire for better understanding of the student body as a whole. Um, I don't think any of um, members of my group necessarily wish to be involved, um, but I don't think it would be a bad idea. Um, I think the student um, government should represent the student body, which is more diverse than I think it currently needs on. Yeah, I mean, we we actually had an old member of ours run for ASI uh, in this last election, And I think just, I think people, I mean, if you have a voice and you want to change what's going on in student government, you want to make sure that like the Disney Day thing doesn't happen again, just to add on to the baggage they're getting for that. 
um, you know, run for something, Mm -hmm. you know, get involved, get active and just make a difference. I mean, if it's in our club or one of yours, just you want to see a change, get out there and make that change. And, you know, if if it's something that we can all agree on, I mean, hey, the better for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we always push our members to try to join student government and everything. Um, unfortunately, right now we have a lot of uh, engineering students, so they don't really have the time. Um, and with especially with the semester ending, I mean, it doesn't really make much sense. But uh, hopefully next semester we'll get, if they have elections, I don't actually know when the ASI elections are. Um, they're mostly, generally at the start of the, the semester, the like they were this semester, yeah. I believe, right? They're having special yeah. elections right now, too, I believe. Well, today there oh, was I think a, I got the email yeah. for that. Yeah, there was an email sent out today, and it was sent to the student body to, I believe it was approved. They needed a supermajority mm-hmm. of students to vote on this uh, about... It's uh, like an amendment. An yeah. amendment to make a mm-hmm. gender-inclusive recognition, I think, mm-hmm. within... To replace the gender-specific he... She, she type of pronouns, that's a whole nother debate. <laughs> well, actually, I was about to say, like, that doesn't that reflect a particular bias that ASI has? Oh, yeah. That's not most something definitely. I would mostly hear. I, would, I don't think I'd hear that from a more uh, conservative or even more uh, moderate uh, ASI. Mm. It seems pretty, yeah. pretty left progressive. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty left. Uh, I was going to say, um, when that free speech amendment was trying to go through that was trying to implement hate speech as an official um, thing on campus you know I was working with uh, about I was working with one closely one ASI senator um, and then we got at least one or two others um, that he was working with uh, closely Um, and we worked pretty hard to kind of knock that down because you know that's what defines hate speech could you know block us from speaking right so just to have that up for debate on hate speech um yeah it's pretty left and there's not a real hard uh conservative voice on asi and that does concern me the fact that that was even up for debate thankfully it got knocked down uh most people i think were pretty libertarian on that so at least there's that um, I mean, in regards to at least the amendment that's up for today, um, I, I mean, personally, I'm, you know, I identify as a cis white male. Uh, and so, I mean, I don't, it doesn't affect me personally. So, I mean, I take more, I guess, of a libertarian approach to it. You know, if you, mean, you are going to live your life, you go live it. Um, so it doesn't affect me personally, but I know there are people that it does affect. And if it makes them feel more included, personally, I don't really see a problem with maybe just changing the nouns. I mean, I think that, all right, I mean, if you're going to do it, sure, I guess. But it doesn't affect me personally. But if it, I know that it does affect other people. And if therefore, then I don't see a problem in doing it if it makes them feel like they're more included on the school. Hmm. Well, I think that, yes, it is definitely a, a leftist voice, so to speak, but what would not concern me, what does not concern me is if ASI is acting out of um, the mindset that says, hey, we see a large need for this. Maybe mm-hmm. there is a large number of students on campus who um, 
identifying that way or something other than using those pronouns and they see a need for that. There was a large majority of the campus, let's say, that said we feel offended or excluded by this terminology and they felt a need for it. That's one thing. That would be ASI trying to reflect student body, which they get my full respect for. But, and I could just be out of touch with the campus community, but I don't believe there is a majority of students like like that. Um, And that's what concerns me, is that it's more of a um, ideological bias inserted rather than a catering to the student body. And we've got to start wrapping things up. Yeah, uh, I guess we were talking a little bit about this sort of large-scale debate. Um, Most people, I seem to, in the media sphere, refer to it as the culture war. Mm -hmm. So let's go put it this way. Who do you think is winning the culture war and why? We're going to throw that to each of you, whoever wants to start. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, From what I've seen from social media outlets, uh, I firmly believe that those on let's call it the right whether it's you know in europe or here in america um are winning on the culture war right we're seeing a huge backlash from the social media outlets uh facebook uh we're seeing youtube uh trying to censor and it's because i feel it's because that they're afraid that they're losing right that they're afraid that what they're putting up as the the head stuff, if you look at the Facebook homepage, you know, you get um, decoded and stuff like that whenever they came out with an episode, you know, and those would get huge amounts of dislikes, whether or not that's really relevant. And if it's just people on the right watching it, it's a whole different story. But I feel like from the numbers, the right is winning. You see the popularity of meme culture, you know, Pepe the Frog and all that stuff, at least in the beginning, you know, not. I was going to say, I haven't seen many Pepe memes in a while. No, I thought he died. Pepe <laughs> never dies. He's like hombre. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I feel like maybe we're getting a little bit lax because we're getting a little comfortable in winning uh, the culture war. But I definitely feel like we are winning. Uh, we see actually a huge amount of millennials now turning to conservatism. Uh, it's a recent thing that I just saw is that millennials and the generation after, I, what are they, Z, I think? Yeah, Generation Z. Z. They're, uh, they're actually turning towards conservatism a lot too, uh, especially uh, during the Trump election. So I don't know. I think, I think we are winning. Uh, I just think that we can't get comfortable in, in this winning um Winning bigly? The, 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 yeah, the winning <laughs> feeling, right? We can't get comfortable in that. We have to keep fighting because they're still, it's still going on. Uh, I, I personally would disagree. I think that, you know, especially given everything we've talked about, I think that, you know, you know, the left, I guess, whatever you want to call it, is uh, I think they're starting to win this thing because, I mean, they're out there. They're making their voices heard. They're the ones that you see, you know, protesting, campaigning. You've got, you know, the infamous blue wave coming this year as a result. And it's really a trend that has been happening for a while because you had massive youth turnout with Obama. You had massive youth turnout even with Hillary. And now you've got this, especially with like Bernie Sanders' campaign, you know, driving up the youth vote. You've got people coming out who, and 
it's it's for both sides of the aisle as well. You know, you've got people coming out that haven't voted before, and they're overwhelmingly starting to say, you know, even if I agree with Republicans or I agree with Democrats, they they're looking at what's going on with this administration. Like, nah, I don't really support what he's doing. I might support another Republican, but it's not with him. Which is why you see a lot of support, or at least a lot of talk, about people like John Kasich, or another Republican that's you know being touted to primary Trump or whatever. Or if Kanye West ends up running. Uh, I've heard too much about Kanye in the last week. Too much about Dragon Energy. I just. But I think that you know this culture war evidently is being showed or won by the just the massive coming out that you know the left is having right now we're being fired up by the administration ironically and an opposition to it the resist movement you know basically it's like a wildfire it's spreading everywhere and it's gonna hit in november you're a little more in the middle jail like so maybe you're perhaps a more neutral arbiter who do you think well, is winning? Who do you think? Who do I think or who do I want? Is it ever there? <laughs> well, um, uh, more no, of an I, assessment. I think, yeah, think? I think um, depends on where you're looking. I'll say that. Um, I spend mm-hmm. far more time and far more time in conversation with those on the left, Democrats, uh, healthy Democrats, moderate Democrats, far left, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, much more time there. And I think that those thoughts have successfully been mainstreamed, at least into civil institutions. Um, one example is I've noticed in my classes, granted, I'm liberal arts, so this is bound to happen, but... Um, we, we don't specify when we're talking about leftist ideas or arguments. Those are mainstream. So the other day I noticed it really obviously when a professor was saying, well, the argument for this is X. However, the right would say, and I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> since, when <did> we, <laughs> since when did we pinpoint them as the other, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak? Um, any of my social science people get that reference? Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting to me. That's really interesting is that it's been so mainstream that we have to specify when we're talking about something on the right because it's so different. Well, I think it's important to also recognize that maybe universities aren't the best place to run that kind of thing because they have been taken over so much by the left. Um, At least from what I found is that as soon as you leave the university, people are much more moderate, much more less uh, accepting of the mainstream ideal, and Mm. they they go and try to find things out on their own. Well, that's why I said it depends on where you look, right? So if you're looking at the civil institutions where it's kind of a kind of a microchasm, then it's mm-hmm. very easy to make an assessment there. Um, looking outwards, though, I mean, I have a lot of um, colleagues and friends who are involved in political advocacy on the right, and um, they're very much, you know, look, guys, we're getting momentum. We're doing things bigly. Just kidding. We're doing things here. <laughs> we're doing things there. You know, we are really spreading the word and spreading the values. Um, but I think because I'm more political science and policy-oriented, when I look at those people in discussion, especially because I'm more internationally focused, I mean, Domestic politics doesn't have as big of a merit when you look at the international. It really doesn't. Okay. You're going to have mixed ideas. You're going to have Democrats, liberals, yeah. Republicans, maybe advocating for the same type of foreign policy. So I think it depends if you're thinking domestic culture-wise. It's hard to say. It is hard to say because if you're looking mm-hmm. inward in the university, you're going to see one thing. If you're looking out at the next and coming generation, like Connor mentioned, you're going to say, wow, maybe the right is you know going to have a resurgence. It really depends. It's hard for me to say. Hmm. All right. And then is there anything anyone wants to add? Final thoughts? We'll do the Jerry Springer. You get, you get a small <laughs> little piece to do at the end here. 
I hope we have a lot more uh, dialogues and discussions and events where all the political groups and orgs on campus come together and, you know, do their uh, thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, especially with like the marketplace of ideas, even a roundtable like this is more, it's a great way for us to just like tell people not just what we're about, but where we actually agree on things. Because that's a big issue, I think, in this country that, you know, I brought it up earlier that, you know, Democrats and Republicans, they don't agree on anything. But if you get down to the core of what you're talking about, um, largely they agree that there's a problem and something needs to be done. It's just a matter of how to do it. And if you actually have a discussion, you actually have, you know, this discourse on what to do, you will ultimately find a solution. And I think that's something that our country needs to move back towards. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, we need to, yeah, get back to rational discussion, preferably using the Socratic method to ask <laughs> why, why, why. Being critical. Yeah, just basic critical thought, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I think a lot of people have lost or maybe just never had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, whether that's a failure of the public school system or whatever, that, that's a whole different discussion. But getting back that critical thought in politics is extremely important. Well, hopefully, um, I don't know, maybe maybe we can set this up to be more of a regular thing at the radio station and we could all have more regular dialogues. That would be fun. Well, I'll be here in the fall, so I will be willing. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for... I'm here for at least another year, so I'm I'm am adding a new minor, so I'll be here for another oh, year wow. as well. Oh man, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm walking on the 23rd, so. Same, congrats. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, thank you, thank you everybody for coming coming out, yeah, and this will be the. Hey, uh, no problem. Yeah, I'm glad you. everyone could come. Um, but so uh, to all those who are listening at home, uh, hopefully this was enlightening. Hopefully this was a a good entertaining conversation and if it wasn't then hopefully it was at least something that droned you to sleep uh, effectively um so have a good night good luck and adios